Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Welcome to the Detroit Kool-Aid, everybody, on this beautiful Friday. This is uh, Griff coming at you today. Um, once again, me and Derek, a little busy, can't get our schedules to match up, so uh, just flying solo today. Uh, it's early summer, and the weather is beautiful here in Michigan. Uh, now that uh, the lockdown has been restricted a little bit, uh, we can uh, actually go outside and do a few more things, stop, and uh, you know, go to your local watering hole, even though it'll be half full. Still, it'll be really nice to get outside, see some of my friends, go hang out, you know, really looking forward to it. Especially going to be a beautiful weekend for that. Some somewhere in the you know mid to upper 60s and sunny, low humidity. So it's just going to be beautiful. I might actually get out and you know shoot around a golf this weekend as well. You know, so as always, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. So uh, just want to talk about a few things here before I get into the uh, major thing I want to talk about. Um, I was wondering if everybody saw the uh, picture that uh, Jared Davis posted. Of um of his new cut body, you know, it looks like he's obviously been working out pretty hard to really tone up and you know really build up his muscle. Um, once again, never debated. You know, Jared Davis works really hard, like his attitude. But you know, uh, it's nice to see Jared. But is that going to help you take better tackling angles? Is it going to help you in your coverage? Uh, we we know you're working hard at that before. You know, maybe it's just a thought process. Maybe it's one of those confidence things. You know, with a uh, you know more toned body. You're going to feel you're going to play better, you know, be a little faster, get those angles a little better, be able to cover a little more. But, you know, we're playing football here in Detroit. You know, we're not selling jeans. So uh, no matter how good it looks, once again, it always comes down to will you produce on the field. And that's going to be the biggest things that Lions fans are looking for out of you, more so than a really nice picture of um, your upper, your sculpted upper body on Twitter. But, yeah, I mean, congratulations. I mean, you know, I know you worked hard for it. You know, like Derek always says, you know, I I work out, I go running, and my body's nowhere near that. I have I have the uh, dad body that everybody talks about. But uh, congratulations, Jared. I hope it turns out to, uh, you know, better play on the field. Um, another thing I uh, read this week is uh, the Lions are staying in Allen Park for training camp. And so uh don't know if that means any fans will be allowed into practices. I'm assuming probably not. Uh, simply with uh, where we where we were at, I can't see the Detroit Lions allowing you know hundreds of fans to come in to watch practice. I mean, which is really too bad. I know me and Derek always had a blast going down there, you know, watching them practice. You know, kind of picking out you know other fans that were there. You know, some some reason people show up like in other teams' garb, especially like we saw the guy the kid last year hanging out with his buddies and he was all dressed in Packers garb. And it's like, okay, you're a Packers fan here at Lions training camp. Oh, congratulations. So that just makes no sense to me when other people do that. But, uh, you know, I know one thing me and Derek also do is when we're there, we kind of listen to other people chatter, you know, 
you know, we won't get in the middle of their conversations. Just kind of listen to see what they're t- what they're talking about, what they think of people. It's always kind of fun to kind of sit back and listen to what other people think. You know, that's obviously why you listen to our podcast. You like to hear what me and Derek think. And uh, once again, just a couple of guys who like football sit sit back and talk about it. It's what I like to do when I go to training camp practice as well. Just kind of sit back and listen to a few other people. I know those uh, summer days out there in August it can be really really hot, and um, it just Gosh, it's just sometimes, you know, Derek, you know, kind of poked at me last year for sitting down, man. But, it, gosh, it was so hot out there. And, and But still, ha- we always have a good time. I know, we, you know, we, we've taken the football around and thrown that around. And, uh, you know, if anybody wants to see me throw a, a wounded duck, you know, you know, feel free to watch me throw a football, you know. I mean, that's that's the way it comes off. And about halfway there, it looks like somebody took a gun and shot it, you know, like they were hunting hunting my NFL football as I threw it over to Derek. Um but that is uh, something else that uh, I sure hope it happens where they at least allow a certain amount of people. might be one of those things where you have to get down early in line, and after that they you know, they cut it off and say, hey, nope, this is all we're taking for practice, and it just won't be the open form like before. But uh, watching the lines at training camp practice, I'm glad they're staying in Allen Park. I can understand if they went, you know, West Virginia, you know, offered it to them. Maybe someplace else, you know, made made it offer because I know the state of Florida offered it to a whole, you know, it's like bring all your pro sports teams down here. We got space for you. But I'm glad they're staying at home. I mean, make the players more comfortable. They're used to being there. They know the facility. So I think that can only help, especially with the way the off season has went. Any meetings they've had, they've had to be, you know, kind of remote, you know, over, you know, through Zoom or however they do it in the NFL. So I think, you know, getting everybody at training camp, just where they're used to it, it can only help the team this year. Um, speaking of uh, which, you know, when the NFL season starts, I believe uh, now we've cracked, uh, we're, le- we're fewer than 100 days. I think if my count is correct, we're down to 97 days until football starts. And uh, I know here in Michigan, uh, the governor is talking that we won't have full stadiums as the season starts. And I know I brought this up to Derek last week, you know, if they were going to use hub cities, how we would think about that. But um, I'm just kind of wondering if they do, you know, allow fans in the stadiums, how many? I know the whole thing, six feet. I I understand that. Well, I guess how do you choose who gets to go to the games? I know there's numerous season ticket holders. I mean, Derek and I get the season tickets, and I know we sell a lot of them off, but we always hit the first game. I mean, the first game's always sold out, and there's a lot of season ticket holders that go to that game. How do the Detroit Lions decide who gets to go to the games? Is it, do, do you hold, like, a lottery or something like that? Do you have to, like, put in for a drawing to see if your season ticket gets picked and, like, which game, which home game you can go to, at least up to, you know, maybe they do it's like, okay, for the first four home games, we're only going to, you know, fill 50% capacity. And... I'm just wondering how they would how they would work that out. I'm sure there's a lot smarter, more smarter people than me working on this, thinking about it. You know, at least trying to get some people in the stands to see these games. And we, I mean, it sounds funny. I was watching the Four Letter Network earlier, you know, this week, and they were talking about the main thing is with pretty much every sport right now is like coming down to money. So having the extra, I mean, people's safety once again and their health is going to be the big thing. But once again, any way the NFL maybe can look to, you know, increase the revenue. You know, like I said, even if it's 50% full, you know, if if they feel it's that that they can do it safely, you know, six feet apart in the stands. I know it might look like one of those games from the mid 80s where the Lions were playing in the Silverdome and. You know, and you you have like forty five thousand fans in an eighty thousand seat stadium, 
I mean, that's, I mean, it looks empty. Uh, if I, if I remember correctly, I, I think I saw this one time during the strike, during the strike shortened season, the NFL, when the Lions were using replacement players, they had a home game against Tampa Bay. And I think I saw this, that the counted attendance, attendance was like a little over 2,500. Could you imagine 2,500 people sitting inside the Silverdome? I mean, they get more, they used to get more people for the high school finals than, than that. 2,500 people scattered throughout an 80,000-seat stadium to watch a bunch of replacement players. Now, those are some diehard football fans. I was too young to go, but I saw that number somewhere, and it just I, I think if I, if I remember correctly, that, that number just kind of boggles my mind to even think about that. And then to think about even now in Ford Field, I realize the NFL – you know, me and Derek talk about this, and we kind of, you know, go back and forth on it. Once again, I everybody knows how I feel. The Lions aren't one of the favored teams, so they don't get calls and stuff. But still, when the Lions have a packed house, that can be a really raucous crowd and make it very difficult for um, a visiting team. And I know a lot of teams. You know, we always talk about how we want the Lions to be that team. Like when they look, when other teams look at their schedule. They're not automatically predicting a W. It's like, oh, this is an automatic win. Well, when they come into Ford Field and the, the crowd is up, it, it makes it a lot more difficult for the visiting team. That happens in any stadium. I mean, it's like they say, winning on the road in the NFL is very difficult. So even if a team is going to take Detroit lightly, it's like, okay, we got it. I mean, Green Bay coming in here, I mean, that's a packed house. And if you can get a, you know, a 90% stadium filled with Lions fans, I mean, that can be a very loud stadium and make it very difficult, you know, for the visiting team. I mean, I think we all remember that Monday night game a number of years ago where they played the Bears, and the Bears' offensive line had like seven or eight false starts simply because of the crowd noise. It was so loud in there. And it can, and it still happens in games like that where it gets so loud and, you know, the the, the, the visiting team has difficulty. So I'm sure fans really help. I'm sure players will say, you know, having fans in stands really helps us out, you know, gets us up. But still, I mean, 50%, you know, at least it's some. I mean, it can only it can only help. And I know, you know, some people are like, well, the professionals are used to it. And you've been, anybody has been playing football, you know, for as long as they have, even since uh, Pop Warner having, you know, parents out there clapping for them, high school, having a high school crowd scream for them, you know, they like the sound of people cheering for them. And so even if it's a half-full stadium, I'm sure Lions players would really appreciate, you know, the fans showing up. And um, even the louder they can get, making it more difficult for the visitors to come in there. So, like I said, I'm just glad that glad they're, they're staying in Allen Park for training camp. I sure hope they allow fans to go and you know, that me and Derek can head down there. And um, like I said, with the half-full stadiums, you know, I hope they put people in the stands. And I'm just hoping that, once again, me and Derek, are, are, you know, we can go to that first game against the Bears, you know, cheer on our Lions. So um, looking forward to the season starting here in less than 100 days. So we are getting close. So uh, let's do this. Uh, we're into this. And uh, before I get to my main topic, let's take a pause for the cause here and um, pay a couple bills. So I appreciate everybody listening. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, once again, this is Griff coming to you on Friday. Appreciate you, uh, you listening uh, here uh, to the podcast. Um... What I want to really talk about here in the second half of the show was um, I saw this thing on Twitter, um, was it a couple weeks ago, and it just had like offensive groups. It just said between Detroit and Minnesota, and it gave like who who gave the X. Like oh, between quarterback, it was like Detroit and running backs. I you know running backs. I think it said equal and, and stuff like that. But it got me thinking actually against you know how does Detroit's offense kind of you know, position position kind of match up against every other team in the division. Because I've seen a lot of prognostications already. I mean, you know, some people have the Lions winning five games. I mean, we talked about earlier the over-under being like six and a half. It means that to get the over, you would just have to win seven seven games. And me and Derek both feel that the Lions have much more talent than, you know, to get seven. You know, it seems like they could, this team could almost – I realize their, their schedule is difficult, but – Still, I mean, there's so much more talent on this team. I think winning seven, you know, they could do that. I mean, I don't want to say without a problem, but it's not like they're going to start seven and zero. But still, I think they're, they're they have more wins in them than seven. But still, I mean, this division they face everybody, and you know, you know, face, so your other teams in your divisions kind of know how to stop you. And they play you twice a year. They they have your game plans worked out. But but getting me, like I said, it really got me thinking. You know, just looking at. Lion, the Lions versus the other team. So, like once again, I mean the other the other quarterbacks. I mean the Vikings have Kirk Cousins, Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers, and everybody knows how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. Still, he's a crybaby. Gets a lot of calls. I mean, I'm sure he can't be happy with the way the draft went. They really got him no offensive weapons to help him out. Still, he's a good quarterback. He is. And the Bears are gonna whoever they run out there, Nick Foles or Mitch, you know, whichever guy they run out there. Still, I mean, Stafford, I would have to say in the division, he's probably the second-best quarterback. I mean, let's face it, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback. I don't like him, but still, i got to respect this game. I mean, he's won more. He does get a lot of he does get a lot of crybaby calls. He doesn't throw picks. He'd rather throw the ball away than throw an interception. I mean, he, Aaron Rodgers, he is, he's the best, but Stafford's a lot better than I still think better than Kirk Cousins and whatever two-headed monster the Chicago Bears are going to throw out there. So... I mean, having the second-best quarterback in the division, in this division, yeah, I could live with that, especially somebody as talented as Matt Stafford. Now, the running backs, no, they said, if I remember correctly, they said they were equal to the Vikings. No, the equals, Vikings have, you know, Delvin Cook, damn good. I mean, he is. And I I really can't tell you who the second one is. I mean, what, they had Murray last year. He's no longer with the team. I mean, are they going to go with Amir Abdullah? I mean, us as Lions fans, we all seen that. You know, what, what Amir can and can't do. I mean, Green Bay has Aaron Jones, and they got drafted A.J. Dillon. I mean, I mean A.J. Dillon, decent, you know, fourth, fifth-round running back coming out of the draft. You know, got a lot of tread, you know, worn off the tires. He was pretty much the main ball carrier there and main offense there at Boston College. And the Bears, I mean, Tariq Cohen, and I think like maybe their second-best running back is David Montgomery. And the Lions are running out, you know, a rookie in Swift and Kerryon Johnson, who has trouble staying on the field. So really saying, like, who's the best running back group out of all this, I mean – 
myself, I mean, yeah, I, I don't even know if the Lions running backs are equal to the Vikings. I mean, Delvin Cook is far and away the best running back in this division. Not even close. And then maybe second, I mean, they're going to say Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones had a decent year, but, I mean, maybe Tariq Cohen for the Bears. I mean, so really, I mean, looking at this, I mean, yeah, if Carrion can stay healthy and Swift produces like he like he does, I mean, they might have maybe the second-best running back group. I mean, a lot of people are going to point to Aaron Jones and say, like, well, he had a good year, and A.J. Dillon, he was really good at Boston College. But still, I mean, it's one of those things I, I don't think – Defensive coordinators are staying up at night trying to figure out how to stop Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon. I mean, Tariq Cohen, you know, strikes more fear in me than those guys. But still, I mean, if you're going to step back and look at this, I'm going to say the Vikings. Gosh, and I hate to sound like a homer, but yeah, I'll go with Detroit. Simply on what Swift can bring to the table. And if Carrion can stay on the field. I mean, that's a pretty potent backfield right there. So uh, now for wide receivers, I mean, they had this one. They they gave the edge to Detroit. So, I mean, you're looking at Kenny Boy, Marvin, and Danny. I mean, the Vikings have Adam Thielen, what, B.C. Johnson, and uh, God, what, what is it, Todd, um, Todd Sharp, and uh, Green Bay. I mean, they got Devontae Adams, good wide receiver. I don't think he's as good as Marvin, but, you know, a lot of people are going to count Devontae Adams as great because he plays for Green Bay, but he's a good wide receiver. I mean, they signed Devin Funches this offseason. I mean, no, I'm a big Michigan fan. Everybody knows that, but that guy does have a case of the dropsies, and he hasn't had like that great of career. I mean, his, I mean, he's still in the NFL after this many years, so he's, his career, I guess, could be called decent. But let's face it, he's not that great. So I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to make him any better because I think Funch's biggest problem is that he's got the dropsies. And then um, was it Velda Scantling? I guess would be maybe the third best wide receiver on that team. And then the Bears. I mean, they got Allen Robinson, who's good. Uh, Ted Ginn. I mean, Ted Ginn's still fast. He he might be a little long in the tooth, but he's still pretty fast. I mean, he's going to be the guy that stretches the field for him. And then maybe the third best one is Anthony Miller. So if you're going to step back and look at all these offensive sets and the wide receivers, if you're going just three deep, not looking, you know, five deep, six deep, of course, I would give the Lions, hands down, best wide receiving core out of all these teams. You're matching that up with the second best, uh, the second best, uh, um, running back and uh, quarterback. So yeah, this is pretty potent right now. Um, now tight end. I think they gave the tight end. I, th- I even think they said the tight ends were equal between Minnesota and and Detroit when I was looking at this at this Twitter post. But I mean, we all know who the lines have. I mean, they have Derek's favorite tight end, T.J. Hawkinson. And then uh, the Vikings have uh, they kind of have that two-headed monster of uh, Rudolph and Irv Smith. And um, Green Bay, I have no idea who's going to line up at tight end. I mean, just looking at that team roster right now, they have a few young guys, kind of no name, and then their their proven their proven tight end is Mercedes Lewis, who once again he's been around for a while. He's very long in the tooth, so he's not one of those tight ends. I mean, that's he's not that great. He's he's just he's been around for a while. I mean, he's he's kind of serviceable, but I don't think he's that tight end that's really going to you know, shine now in Green Bay because he's there. I mean, they obviously thought that's what Jimmy Graham was going to do. And he kind of washed out, did nothing that special in Green Bay either. I mean, but he signed with the Bears. He's going to be their number one tight end. I mean, I think Jimmy Graham had his time, but, you know, since he's left New Orleans, he really hasn't done anything. I mean, I think people are still kind of living off his lore that, you know, what he did in New Orleans. I mean, he went to Seattle, really didn't do anything out there. You know, went to Green Bay and, 
you know, everybody's talking about how much he was going to be that, that, uh, that, that end zone threat. And I, I mean, he was okay there and now the Bears signed him. So I, I'm assuming he's probably going to be their number one tight end. I mean, but still, if you're looking at this and you're breaking them down, I would have to go with the Vikings. I mean, I would have to say the Vikings, you know, tight end. You know, even if you start Kyle Rudolph, I would have to say Kyle Rudolph is is better than T.J. Hawkinson at this point. Irv Smith. I mean, I think Irv Smith was a tight end. I really liked him coming out of the draft. You know, I liked his hands. He, he's not the most fleet of foot guy. He's not the most potent blocker either. But still, he catches the ball. And uh, I would have to say the Vikings with uh, have the best tight end, you know, in this in this division right now. You know, second, I guess if you're going on youth and upside, I guess you could put Hawkinson in there at that point. And then you have a couple old guys in Mercedes Lewis and Jimmy Graham bringing up the back end. So, once again, if you're just breaking it down, I would put, you know, TJ Hawkinson probably the second best, you know, tight end in the division behind the Vikings. Now, um, once again, you can have all the offensive, you know, weapons you want, but I, I had to include the offensive line on this as well. I don't think this Twitter post included the offensive line, but it got me thinking about it. I mean, we talked about it. The lines need to replace, you know, looking to replace some guards or obviously replacing their right tackle. So, breaking down the offensive lines, we all know who's on Detroit's offensive line. So, you know, Taylor Decker's there. You know, Ragnar's there. You know, they signed Hal Vitae. Still, once again, there's a big debate on who's going to be starting at guards. I, you know, I know Derek's had a few on his Believe in Lions cast that, um, you know, they're debating on whether Joe Dahl's going to be starting. You know, Kenny Wiggins, he's still going to be around even though they re-signed him. You know, Obushi, he's another guy they brought back, you know, on a small deal. But then they drafted Jackson and um, Stenberg. So who's going to be starting there? So right now I would have to go with, you know, at this point, Dahl and Jackson at, at the guards where the Vikings have. They have Riley Reef, Pat Elfline, oh, Bradbury's there. They drafted Ezra Cleveland, Dakota Dozier. I think he played some at guard last year for him. I think he's kind of, I don't know if he's penciled in at the starter. Minnesota's another one of those teams that has a couple of young guards as well. Green Bay has, you know, everybody's favorite, you know, cheater and Bacchiotomy. Sorry, David Bacchiari, who's the guy who went and told the ref, hey, you know, Flowers is like holding my face mask. And then he, you know, did some incredible acting where the refs were like, yeah, he's got his face and his hand on his face mask. So they threw two penalty flags against Flowers, who once again had never been called for that penalty in his whole career. But all of a sudden he gets to Detroit and he's doing this penalty. You know, he's, he, part of his game is now, you know, hands to the face. You know, nice job, Bacchiotomy. But, you know, once again, the Packers get calls. And we all know the trophy's named after their coach and they're playing in Green Bay. So they're going to get calls no matter what. If not, you know, they would have sent Aaron Rodgers over there to cry about it. So... You know, back Academy's on the on there. Was it the Corey? Uh, was it Corey Lindsay starts at center? Rick. They signed Rick Wagner. We all know how good Rick Rick Wagner is. I mean, no matter how serviceable everybody thinks he is, I don't. I, at this point in his career, we know what he is. I don't think you're going to have anybody crying about you know us losing Rick Wagner. And then at um at the guards, I believe uh, Billy Turner and Lane Taylor will be the starters. It's a decent offensive line. It is. I'm I'm going to say it. It's a decent offensive line right there. And the Bears, um, they got uh, Bobby Massey at, at one tackle. At the other tackle, I'm not quite for sure. I mean, they got Jason Springs and um, Efidi. Um, He's a second-year, I believe, second-year guy out of Texas A&M. And uh, probably competing for that other tackle position. Uh, James Daniels, um, the young center that uh, some people thought the Lions would draft when, when uh, he came out. James Daniels at center. And then at um, 
at the guards they have Charles Leno and I believe uh, Corey Levin is the other starter over there. I mean, don't quote me on that. I'm not you know sure who's going to be starting on the Bears offensive line. But still, I mean, if you're looking at all of these, uh, yeah, gosh, I mean, the Vikings, I think their offensive line is, I think it's only okay. Really, I mean, everybody's like, oh, look how good Riley Reef's been there. I think I think Riley Reef and Taylor Decker are kind of in the same boat. I think they're the same guy. Neither one's dominant. You know, both average players. If, they're, if you can upgrade them, you know, upgrade them. But the, I, I think that's where that's at. I mean, Bacchiotomy, Massey. They're both. I think they're both good left tackles. Even though Bacchiotomy is pretty much a, you know, I mean, come on, going to cry about the ref and then faking a couple calls. I mean, that's 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 real bush. But hey, they got the W. I guess that's what they were really trying for right there. So really, if you're breaking down all, all the all these offensive lines with all the players I just named, I would really probably have to say Green Bay probably has the best offensive line. I mean, he's. I mean, they keep Aaron Rodgers upright. Aaron Rodgers can scramble some. He does have a little quicker release. He knows to throw the ball away. He doesn't take a whole lot of sacks. I mean, part of that is the offensive line. I mean, really, like I said, Aaron Jones had a good year last year. And, like, I don't think defensive coordinators were, like, staying up at night, you know, trying to scheme how to stop Aaron Jones. And so, yeah, I I think part of it is, a big part of it, it's that offensive line. So I would have to say Green Bay's probably got the best offensive line, you know, in the division. Um, The Bears, I think the Bears' offensive line is good. I said that last year, and a couple changes they've made. I would, I would have to say the Bears would probably fall in at number two here, and as in the offensive line in the division. And once again, anybody, if you if if you disagree with me, please hit me up on Twitter at at Grifka DKC. That says at G R I F K A D K C. Or feel free to call in on the line, uh, 989-272-3484. Once again, 989-272-3484. Um, if you, if you disagree with any of this stuff. And then, um, gosh, between the Lions and the Vikings, I I, I kind of think the, the offensive lines are a wash. I think they're pretty similar. I think, I mean, people can say, like, Delvin Cook gets a lot of yards because of offensive line. I think Delvin Cook, Delvin Cook gets a lot of yards because he's Delvin Cook. I, think, I just think he's that good. So... And, and so I would have to I would have to call their offensive lines really a wash right there. So really kind of breaking everything down. I mean, you know, Stafford the number two, you know, quarterback in the division. You know, Carrion and Swift the number two running backs tandem. Uh, Kenny, Marvin, Danny the best. You know, the best you know quarterback or best wide receiver. You know, combination in the division. Hawkinson. Like I said, if if you're going strict young upside guy, I mean, I would still put him at number two, better than you know Jimmy Graham or Sadie's Lewis, but behind you know Rudolph slash Irv Smith. And then the O lines, I mean, I, I'd have to say far and away Green Bay's, you know, and then Chicago. So if you want to say the Lions have the third best offensive line, but still, there I think there's a big step between Green Bay, then there's a big, then there's a step to Chicago, and then there's a big step down to Detroit if you're going to count Detroit as the third best offensive line. So I know the biggest thing is they drafted the guards looking to improve everything, you know, the run game, you know, keeping Stafford healthy and upright. There They did have some issues with that at points last year, obviously getting Matt Stafford knocked out, you know, with another back injury. And I think it might have been one of those things if it wasn't too bad and they were still, you know, in the playoff hunt, he probably could have come back. But, you know, last year the way everything was going with all the injuries, it was just 
you know, wise to just to hold them out. That was the smartest thing they could do. So I, I really don't have an issue with the Lions, you know, holding Stafford out last year. But the offensive line has to improve. I know I'm saying, duh, everybody's going, duh, Mike, you know, we all know that. So hopefully, you know, the guard the guard play does improve with the with the guards they got. If they're gonna keep Dahl in there, he's he's pretty serviceable, he's not spectacular. And if they were gonna put Jackson in there or Stenberg or Wiggins or whoever they're looking for. But uh you know, that's kinda how I thought everything broke down. I mean, really the offensive the this offensive team, you know, can be very potent and as Lions fans we all know it. We saw them do different things last year where they were throwing off some points and there were points where you know, the Lions defense, you know, didn't play so well and, you know, let them down. But early on when they have everything humming, I think everybody, you know, everybody's back healthy this year. I think I think they'll be good. And um, they can really throw up some points. And I think, you know, Daryl Bevel's the type of guy, he's not going to handcuff them. It's not, I'm sure Matt Pat wants, you know, the half and half. But in this in this division, I mean, the Vikings can throw up some points. You know, Green Bay can throw up some points. Uh, Chicago, they they're more of a you know grind the ball, run the run the ball. I mean, you you heard me, you know, Robinson, Ginn, Anthony Miller, at wide receiver, they're all serviceable. They're I mean they're not spectacular, you know they're not that great, and they're really not. But you know Aaron Rodgers really makes the Green Bay offense. You know he's the one who makes it click. I mean Kirk Cousins had a great year, year last year. I know Derek was throwing some stats at me because I I say he's not that great, and I still don't think he's that great. I really don't. But I mean, so teams need to load up the box, you know, for Dalvin Cook. But then they had, um, you know, Adam Thielen, you know, got hurt in the Lions game. But still, I mean, they, they you know, trade away Stephon Diggs. And that really hurt their wide receiver core. But maybe they think B.C. Johnson and Sharp, you know, can be better this year. But still, I mean, the Lions are going to throw up some points. I mean, they really are. So this team, you know, can do some damage. They're going to be better than seven wins. And, you know, maybe everybody's like, oh, Mike, you're, maybe you are just drinking the Kool-Aid. And I know there's a lot of people out there. I have a fan, that, I have a friend that says he gives them five wins every year. And, if, you know, if they they're more than, if they do more than that, he's happy. You know, he, he gives them, he's like, five and 11. Every year is where he starts at them. So uh, I know, I don't think I'll be asking him to be on the Detroit Kool-Aid here at any point. You know, that might bring you guys down. So anyways, um, that's just kind of what I want to talk about here. Um you know, what do, once again, what do you guys think about that? You think the Lions offense, you know, how do they match up against, you know, the other teams in the division? Once again, hit me up on uh, on Twitter at, at GrifkaDKC or feel free to call or text the, the call line at 989-272-3484. Um, we're always uh, interested to hear from you. You leave a call, text us. Um, if it's good, once again, we'll give you a call. We'll uh, give you a shout-out on the show. And um, it's always nice to hear from fans. I always like to do that. So, uh, once again, I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the nice, nice weather. Summer's here. And I realize, you know, once again, everybody stay safe, stay healthy. And um, everybody, have a good weekend. I appreciate you listening. And um, drink it in, man. Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in, man. Drink it in, man.